Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we speak with Melissa M. Lee, author of the new book, Crippling Leviathan, How Foreign Subversion Weakens the State. Melissa M. Lee is Assistant Professor of Political and International Affairs at Princeton University. We spoke to Melissa about the problem of ungoverned space, pockets of territory outside the control of the central government, why ungoverned space is a consequence of foreign subversion, and the impressive array of evidence demonstrating that foreign subversion undermines state authority and impedes state consolidation. Hello, Melissa. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jonathan. Well, we're excited to be publishing your new book, Crippling Leviathan, How Foreign Subversion Weakens the State. Tell us the backstory, how you got into the subject and, and the backstory behind this book. As a scholar, I'm really fascinated by what makes a state a state, like what makes a country a country? Why are some states strong? Why are some states weak? What does it mean to be a capable state? And about the time I started this project, maybe 10 years ago, in its earliest stages, many scholars were thinking about state weakness in terms of bureaucratic capacity or fiscal capacity. And this kind of perspective makes sense because the administrative institutions of the state are essential for the exercise of state power. But you know, at the time I thought focusing on administrative institutions without thinking about who those institutions govern struck me as an omission. And if you live in a place where the state is more of an idea than a real thing in your daily life, it doesn't actually matter how capable those institutions are because they don't serve you, they don't reach you, they don't affect your life. And so Crippling Leviathan examines the reach of the state, the territorial reach of the state. I wanted to know why the state was present in some parts of its territory and not others, why some people in those territory experience the state but not others. Why are there pockets of, place, of territory where government officials can't go, where services aren't provided, where the state is just absent? Uh, why do these spaces exist in otherwise functional states? That was the puzzle that I was really turning around in my head when I first started this project. And Crippling Leviathan answers these questions by pointing to the role of foreign subversions, foreign empowerment of non-state insurgents to undermine the state. Fascinating, fascinating. So you've spent two, three years writing this book, perhaps longer. Now it's out, officially out. How do you hope your book will make an impact in the field? So I think there's an academic answer to this and a policy answer to this question. Okay. On the academic side, um, well, I'm a political scientist and political science as a discipline still separates the study of international politics from the study of domestic politics. And as a result of this uh, intellectual division of labor, those of us who study international politics have relatively simple models of domestic politics. And those who study domestic politics tend to ignore the international completely. You know, this is not true across the board, of course, but our training and uh, the communities that we spend time with tend to reinforce these boundaries. And Crippling Leviathan really shows how we can productively bridge that intellectual divide. It's a book about the international on the domestic. And most scholars consider state development, state weakness, um, territorial reach to be domestic phenomena. But my book shows that in some cases, international factors really shape the politics of state weakness. And I hope that this book is going to encourage more scholars to think across our subfields in productive ways. 
on the policy side, I hope that the book is going to help policymakers and practitioners grapple with the problem of foreign subversion and its harmful effects on states. Uh, many policymakers in the security and intelligence communities think about conflict in state-to-state -state terms, interstate terms, and so they, they've struggled to grapple with what they call gray zone conflicts that blur the distinction between state and non-state actors. Um, sort of Russian involvement in Eastern Ukraine or Georgia is an example of this kind of gray zone conflict. And my book offers a theoretical framework for making sense of these conflicts, which are increasing in urgency today. And you have to have that framework to be able to develop compelling policy solutions that address uh, these threats to state interests. That's great. I, I love it when our books uh, can be put to use, uh, not only for scholars, but for policymakers. So that's, that's fantastic to hear. What arguments in your book do you think may be seen as controversial or be shaking up ideas in the field? I think of this book as a book about state building and state weakness. And the scholarship on state building all takes the European experience, the early modern European experience, as its baseline. So Europe teaches us that the constant threat of warfare forced rulers back then to build strong and capable states that control their territory and could defend against external adversaries and threats. Because if you didn't, if you failed at this, you got wiped off the map. And so there's a famous saying in the state building literature that summarizes this main idea. War made the state and the state made war. We no longer live in a world in which total war is a constant existential threat. And that's obviously a good thing. But some state building scholars have suggested that the absence of war or the decline of war could explain why we have so many weak states today and why so many places within state borders have little state presence, right? So we could think of this as uh, the conventional wisdom on why uh, weak states exist. And my book challenges that perspective. It argues that foreign subversion is an instrument of statecraft that could substitute for the use of military force. War is politics by other means, but the decline of war doesn't mean a decline of politics. So we still have politics, international politics continue. And so therefore we should think of subversion as war by other means. And then once we make the intellectual move of thinking about subversion as war by other means, then we actually have to go back and revisit this old state building story about the state building effects of war. War carried out by subversion is not gonna produce strong states. Crippling Leviathan actually shows that it's the opposite. Foreign subversion weakens the state, right? But we have to make this intellectual move first of understanding war, uh, subversion as war by other means. And Crippling Leviathan spends a lot of time discussing uh, what that means and how to think about it. Interesting, interesting. So as you're looking at the headlines, where is your mind directed to? Like what, what foreign subversion are you actively following in the headlines today? I think the most relevant um, foreign subversion in the headlines today is Russian interference um, in the post-Soviet space. To be clear, Crippling Leviathan is about the territorial reach of the state. And so I'm, I'm careful to distinguish between territorial subversion, which is what Russia did in uh, Eastern Ukraine, versus non-territorial forms of subversion, which aren't addressed in the book, right? So a non-territorial form of, of subversion might be something more akin to the electoral interference that we saw um, in 2016. 
Um, the ends are, I think the goals are the same to disrupt and to create disorder and to use that disorder as a uh, uh, leverage in foreign policy or, or sort of basically to accomplish the same kind of things that military force would have done. Um, but that kind of non-territorial subversion is very, I think, unique today. Many of the states that have engaged in foreign subversion in the past have um, favored territorial subversion. I think this makes sense given capabilities and the type of states that uh, engage in it. And crippling Leviathan shows that it's both strong states and weak states that do it, that this happens both in the Cold War and after the Cold War. And so I think the change that we're seeing now is a little bit more technological um, to these non-territorial forms. Um, another good example, I think, is actually um, Pakistan's support for the Afghan Taliban. Um, Pakistan treats the Taliban as a sort of extension of state influence because Pakistan's concerned about the future direction of Afghan politics, um, the effects on its security, and the potential of being um, surrounded by India-aligned India states. So they use the Taliban as sort of a, a way to influence policy within Afghanistan. Interesting, interesting. Well, thank you so much for laying out the salient argument that's featured in your book, Crippling Leviathan, How Foreign Subversion Weakens the State. It was a pleasure talking with you and look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. That was Melissa Emley, author of the new book, Crippling Leviathan, How Foreign Subversion Weakens the State. Visit Melissa's website at melissaemley.com to learn more about her and her work. As a loyal listener to the podcast, we'd like to offer you a special 30% discount on her new book. To receive your discount, please go to cornellpress.cornell.edu and use the promo code 09POD. If you live in the UK, use the discount code CSANNOUNCE and visit the website combinedacademic.co.uk. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast.